0: Pray with me. Lord Jesus, as you have lived perfectly for us, died sacrificially for us, rose victoriously for us, and send your spirit into our hearts to be more like you. Send your spirit now through your word, that as we look at these 40 days, the words of our Savior, they continually shape us and mold us into his people. In Jesus' name. So, yes, as I said earlier, uh, today we begin on Sundays doing the Red Letter Challenge, our, our fall series. And it's, this is 40 days of studying the words and deeds of Jesus. That's a daily devotional. But there's also uh, small groups that will be meeting, starting mostly not this week, but a week. So you have uh, time to sign up. You can sign up in the fellowship hall for groups meeting on different days in different locations. And uh, here's the deal. Jesus actually wanted his followers to try to be like him and to do what he said. But I think it has to do with, as we just sang in the hymn, it all has to do with trust. Do we trust Jesus enough to follow him even when it's hard? Do we trust him enough to do what he says? So I think it does come down to trust. Let me me show you. I need... I need a guinea pig or a volunteer that trusts me. (laughs) And I'll give you a free red-lettered book if you want, if you decide that you trust me. How about I, Sam, my son, why don't you come down, since I haven't called about the insurance policy before I did this. Do you trust me? You do? Will you do what I say? You will? Mm-hmm. Everything that I say? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to have you turn around, and when I tell you, you're just going to fall backwards and trust that I'll catch you. You can't look. I'm going to have you close your eyes. Don't do it yet. Wait till I tell you. Do you, do you trust me? Yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. Are you sh- should you? Yeah. Okay. That's a good answer. So when I, hold on, there's some more instructions here. Uh, put your arms out. Look at me. Put your arms a like this there. It's easier for me to catch you. And, oh, before, look around. See what's down, what's, what do you think's under the carpet? That's, it's it's cement. (laughs) Is that cushy to fall on if you hit your head? No. Do you trust me still? You do? Oh. Anybody else (laughs) not (laughs) trust me? (laughs) So, you're going to look, see back, oh, there's Mr. Greenland back there. Oh, and uh, in a minute, I'm just going to say, you just fall backwards like you're going to try to hit your head on the floor. And I'm going to catch you. In a minute, you'll click. Oh, but not yet. One more thing. One more thing. Do you still trust me? Yeah. You do. Okay. Uh, you, the way for this to work is you have to keep your body completely straight. Can you do that? Yeah, but have to this yep. But don't, like, bend your behind. Most people want to bend as soon as they feel like they're falling. So feel like you're trying to, like, lean back and straight as a board and almost like you're trying to hit your, let your head hit the ground. But you have to trust me. You ready to try it? You are? All right. You got to look at Mr. Greenland back there. And close your eyes. And keep stiff, straight as a board. And trust me. And fall back.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I
0: love you. Tell you what, bud, I won't let you fall. You want to try it once, and I won't let you fall. Here. Ah, there we go. <laughs> hey, bud, here you go. That just says no. It, it really does work. Yeah. <laughs> if we had a few more people to help, we could. Amy practiced with me last night, and it does test your marital trust, too. <laughs> I think when Jesus says those last words of the Sermon on the Mount that we're going to look at in depth a little bit, I think he's challenging us with those words, do you trust me? And if we kind of log through our day, our week, we actually put our trust in a lot of things without even thinking about it. So we trust, uh, they might not see as dramatic as that, because You probably don't, many of you might not trust me to catch you, and that's fine. But think about the last time you went out to eat. Did you, when your plate, you ordered your food, your plate came, it's piping hot, uh, so they had, you know, that little glove thingy to to put it on, to touch the plate because it was hot, they brought it, it's sizzling, and then did you wait a half an hour and have somebody else try it first to see if they got sick before you ate it? No! You know, some world leaders do things like that because they're paranoid. But no, you didn't do that because you trusted the restaurant, the servers, the cooks, that you determined that they were trustworthy or you wouldn't have gone there and paid them your money to eat their food. Or how about when you drove here this morning? Did you stop at every intersection, even if the light was green, and then look around before you went? No. Some countries you would do that because that's the safe way to drive, but you didn't do that here because you trusted that everyone else driving obeys laws and Obeying laws are a good thing so that when it's green, you just keep going. Or how about when when you're thirsty, do you first test the water in your sink to make sure it's not bad for you before you drink it? No, you've drank it many times. You know that it's trustworthy. So every moment, every day, think through even a day or a week of all the things you have deemed trustworthy and you put your trust in. You trust that your food is safe, that your vehicle will start, that people obey traffic laws. We trust it in so many small ways. But then there's a deeper stuff. Who can you share what's really going on with? Who can you share your feelings with? Who who is your friend? Whom do you really trust when you need someone you can trust? Or what do you trust to make your life matter? What do you trust to give your life meaning? Do you trust your hard work that will earn you enough money to give you a good life and a good retirement? Or do you trust... Your success so that people will finally show you the respect that you think you deserve? Or do you trust your, your smarts, your, your education, your degree, your position, wh- whatever that is? Or, or do you trust that if your kids just grow up and be successful, that then you'll finally feel good about yourself? I wonder what are the things in which we are trusting today? And whether we admit it or not, we can trust a lot of things. And some are fine and good and, and some maybe not. Jesus is inviting you to trust him and trust him with everything. He's inviting you to trust him with your life, which means he's inviting you to trust him with your pain, with your future, with your worries. Yes, with your sins. Jesus is even inviting you to trust him with your doubts about him. He's inviting you to trust him that he is Lord and not only is he Lord of all, he is the one who, the only one who died for you, the only one who can forgive you, and the only one who does freely forgive you all your sins. And he's inviting you to trust him that he knows you better than anyone else does, and he loves you more than anyone else does. And he's inviting you to trust him enough to actually try to do what he says. And if you ask me, no one else has earned that level of trust from me because no one else has died as my Savior and risen and promised to defeat death forever. No one else has done that. So Jesus has earned that from me. So when Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments, we are compelled to do that. So that's what Red Letter Challenge is and is about, is spending 40 days on this. See, look at Jesus' own words, what he tells his followers to do, what he asks them, what he challenges us to do. But here's how he says it in his own words. We heard it once already. Jesus said, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise person who built their house on the rock. And when the rain fell, like today, hopefully not in the next part, floods came, <laughs> And the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, the floods came, winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell. And great was its fall. And then this is the end of the sermon. Jesus says, when he finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority. Teaching as if he was God himself teaching, not as one of their scribes. You see, this is the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' most famous sermon, which is monumental, wonderful, and absolutely challenging. Because in it, Jesus says things like, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Seek first the kingdom of God, or don't gather for yourselves treasures on earth, but treasures in heaven. Or if you have been angry at someone, you've murdered them in your heart. Or if you have lusted someone, you are guilty like having an affair. Or pray that God's kingdom would come here on earth, and if you forgive others, God will forgive you. He says, don't be anxious about your life because God will care for you. And he says, the gate is narrow and, and the way is hard that leads to true life and those who find it are few. Jesus says all these things and more. And then he gets to the very end and he says this. Jesus says, you know, there are actually two kinds of people that will try to follow me. There are actually two kinds of disciples, two kinds of followers. What are they? The first one are ones that hear what I'm saying but walk away and don't live it out. Hearers only. People that say, yeah, Jesus, that sounds nice. We really like you. We really like it, but it's just not practical for my life. Or, you know, Jesus, that sounds good, but I'd really like to continue living my comfortable life and just do whatever I want and, and use all of my time on myself and spend all of my money on myself. I just really don't want to think about other people. I really don't want to be challenged. So thanks, but no thanks, Jesus. And then there are those who say, Wow, Jesus, you have shown me so much grace. You died for me. You rose for me. You love me. You forgive me. You love me when I feel unlovable. You give me a new heart. Wow, I know what you teach might be hard, but I want to be like you because of what you've done for me. Yeah, whatever you say, I'll, I'll do it. I'll try. So Jesus says there are two kinds of followers, and he says it this way. Verse 24, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. That's the first kind. Second kind of, it is, verse 26, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house in the floodplain on the sand. So two kinds of followers. Hearers only. Those who listen to Jesus but don't do what he says. And then those who hear Jesus and do what he says. You have hearers And hearers and doers. And Jesus expects his disciples to actually do what he says. Now, it's not in order to to earn his love and forgiveness, but because we've already experienced his love and forgiveness. We are changed by his grace and and we want to follow him with our lives. But here's the thing about the two different kinds of followers they look the same for most of the time. They look the same for maybe most of their lives. And they look the same for the most part. And in Jesus' story, what do they do? They both build a house. And you might not know where somebody builds a house for a while. So two kinds of followers might go to the same school. They might go to the same church. They might have a similar job. Their families might look the same. They might be neighbors. But then something happens. And what happens that they both have in common? Verse 27, the rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house. What do they have in common? Suffering, hardship, right? Jesus promises that everyone will Have hardship. Everyone will suffer. The the rain will fall on everyone. The floods will come, and the wind will beat on the house of your life. And those who merely hear Jesus' words and then leave them there and walk away, when the storms hit hard, that house crumbles. Their faith crumbles. They are swept away. And as Jesus says, it fell. Great was the fall of it. Or one translation says, and it fell with a great crash. But those who hear Jesus' words and live them, do them, their house survives. When all the wind stops, the rain ends. When the floodwaters go down, the house is still standing. Why? Because it was founded on the rock. And then everybody looks at Jesus and goes, whoa, this, this must be God's word. There's something different about Jesus. Yes, there is, because Jesus is the rock your rock, your Savior who lived and died and rose for you and gives you a new heart and a new life. He is your Savior, but he also is your Lord, your teacher, your good shepherd, who wants you to trust him so that you will do what he says. Here, let's watch a video that will also kind of get us into the red letter challenge just to tell you more of what we're going to do this fall.
1: So I remember when I was nine years old I loved basketball and I loved watching the dream team at the Olympics it was Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and they were an amazing team and so going into the Olympics that year it wasn't who's going to win the gold everybody knew the Americans were going to win it was who's going to win silver or bronze they won by 44 points a game average and so they won the gold medal in the 2004 Athens Olympics I remember another story about an American shooter named Matthew Emmons and he was like the dream team far and away better than the rest of the field. And it got to the point where he was so dominant that we got to the last shots and all he needed to do to secure the gold medal was simply hit the target anywhere on the page to win. So it turns out that when Matthew Emmons was approaching his last shots at the Olympics, he was focusing on his breathing. Because as a shooter, that's what makes the difference, is you wanna slow that heart rate down as much as possible so that in between those beats per minute, you are shooting at just the right time. And so he was so focused on that, and sure enough, bullseye, 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 hit the target three times, right where he needed to. Except there was one problem. Matthew Emmons cross-fired. He was supposed to hit the target over here, and he hit the target over here. He was focused on the wrong target, and he lost it all. And I feel like as followers of Jesus, many times we're so focused and we have good intentions, but, but we're missing the mark when it comes to what Jesus is asking us to do. And the Red Letter Challenge is going to help you identify what it is that we are called to do as his followers. What's amazing about the Matt Emmons story is you can literally have the greatest marksman in the world But if you don't know what to focus on, none of it matters. D.L. Moody once said that our greatest fear shouldn't be a failure, but of succeeding at something that doesn't matter. And I think that's the problem with followers of Jesus. We don't really know what we're shooting at. We don't know what to aim for. And so we can look at what people say about us and we can look at and say, we're not judgmental. We're not hypocritical. We're not divisive. Or what we can say is, you know what? Maybe we haven't done things right all the time. And maybe we can do better at this. And after all that Jesus has done for me, I want to be the greatest follower I can. I want to be the greatest representation of who he is. And so I need to change. We all need to change. And that's what the Red Letter Challenge is all about. It's about helping you identify what we can do as followers of Jesus to help change the story we're telling of who Jesus is. The part of the problem is people grab something from over here and try it and then grab something from over here and try it. But I started thinking, Jesus has all the answers. And so let's just go back to what Jesus said. And as I did that, I noticed five main principles, let's call them five main targets of what we as his followers can shoot for. And so in the first week of the Red Letter Challenge, we're gonna introduce you to those five main targets. And then every week following, we're gonna give you one of those targets. And so the first one we're gonna give you is this target of being with Christ. How important it is to actually spend time with him in his word and to pray earnestly and to fast and to take a Sabbath and really rest in who he is and what he's done for us. After we've been with Jesus, we're gonna learn about his forgiveness. How can we not when we spend time with Jesus? And so we're gonna learn how to be forgiven of everything that we've done and how then we can give that forgiveness to others. After we've been forgiven, man, it makes total sense that we need to go, we need to serve, we need to meet needs in our community. And so we're gonna talk about what it means to truly be servants of Jesus. And after we serve it's amazing how many times jesus talked about giving i believe it's impossible to be a stingy christian so we're going to take a look at what it means to be a truly generous person and then we're going to close it up by talking about what it means to go with the message of jesus that we are his eyewitnesses and we get to tell people the good news that jesus loved them that jesus died for them and that jesus has grace for them and so i hope that you will join us on the next 40 days for the red letter challenge I believe that no matter who you are, if you've been a longtime Christian and you're feeling stale in your faith, if you are a brand new Christian, or if you're just wrestling with who Jesus is, I believe that by putting his words into practice, you will find the life that you were made for.